0: You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, Episode 7.
1: Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential.
0: Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. This is your host, Meg Rentschler. So glad to have you with us. If this is your first time to the show, welcome. I hope you enjoy the strategies, tools, and resources that the show offers for professional coaches. Be sure to go back and and listen to some of the shows that have preceded this show and uh, get A fullness of of what is is offered if you're an ongoing listener welcome back and thanks for being part of the show Uh, I hope that you have gotten tools and strategies that you're able to apply to your practice as a coach as well right off the bat I want to apologize that my voice is a bit froggy I have been struggling with a really nasty cold for the past maybe 10 days and have been working on trying to get this introduction done so that we could get this show produced and uh, was actually beginning to worry that that wasn't going to happen. So we're moving forward. The cough has slowed down to a place that I'm actually able to speak for more than two seconds without coughing. So apologize for the frog, but it's well worth it for being able to introduce our great guest on today's show. I invited... Sherry Barth to share her expertise and strategy in working with companies and getting our word out there of of what we do as professional coaches. Sherry is the founder and president of Optimal Training Solutions, which is a service offered to organizations that provides them training, consulting, coaching, keynote speakers, project management for what they need to be productive in companies. Sherry works with about 950 keynote speakers, coaches, consultants, different talent to bring Services to companies that are needing different kinds of services. She brokers solutions for those companies and uh, has been doing this for well over 10 years. Sherry has over 20 years' experience in working with talent management and working in companies to help them make their people extend into their own greatness. It seemed important that Sherry be able to share her expertise with each of you in what are the benefits of kind of writing down what your skills are, what you're able to bring, just the the concepts of writing out a proposal and what that looks like and what that does for your value proposition. Sherry's also able to share with us different trends of coaching and different pricing that stretches across the nation because her network is across the United States. So she has a great deal of insight and expertise to share with us. We also both happen to be alumni from the University of Michigan. So that's always fun to meet somebody who went to the same school that you did. I am really excited to share what Sherry has to enlighten all of us. And so let's go ahead and go to our interview with Sherry Barth.
1: It's great to be here. Well, I really appreciate your time. I know that you provide such a valuable resource. I've had the honor of working with you, with with some of your clients. I'm wondering if you could tell us a little about your background and how your brokering service began. Sure, I'd be happy to. Well, let's see. I
2: grew up in New Jersey, so I'm originally from the Northeast, but I've been in Texas for a long time now, and I make sure to say y'all a lot so that I fit Mm -hmm. in. I've been here over 20 years. As you know, I went to school at the University of Michigan and studied organizational behavior and communication. So I guess I could say I've always been in the talent development field. When I graduated, I went to work with Anderson Consulting in their Dallas office as a change management consultant. And as you can imagine, whenever you hear change management, you think, oh, you must stay very busy because everyone hates dealing with change. And we sure did. <laughs> did a lot of work. Stayed, stayed in town some and traveled some working for uh, Anderson Consulting. Of course, now it's Accenture. And while I was there, I got put on the JCPenney account. So J. JCPenney was one of my clients, and as I was working on the JCPenney count, I looked at the culture at JCPenney's versus the culture where I was, and I decided I wanted to jump ship. And consulting <laughs> firms love when you jump ship because then they think they have an insider, whether they do or not. They're very happy. Go work for the client; we'll sell more work there. So in the mid '90s, I went to work for JCPenney as a training and organizational development manager, and was a great job. Got certified in many, many different workshops. Did a lot of coaching. Did a lot of consulting. The operations folks involved us on the front end instead of having training as an afterthought. It was really nice. Great job. And while I was there, I started having kids. I have two girls at home now. uh, But I wanted a little more flexibility. So in 2001, I actually left JCPenney and went out on my own and started my own business. And I originally started out purely doing training delivery, you know, going into an organization, teaching a workshop, hopefully hitting a home run and coming out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I bet you hit lots of home runs. I hope so. I hope so. But I've always been well-networked, and so clients were often asking me after I would teach a workshop what else I could help them with. You know, they have this laundry list of needs, and they needed resources, and they wanted people they could trust, and they obviously knew me. So I realized, and it took a while to sink in, but I realized that clients needed a go-to person to help source all of their talent development needs in 2003 as a result of that a couple years into my business about 10 years ago i started what i call a brokering business and it's a little different i'm not a speakers bureau i don't represent the talent as much as i represent whatever need the client is searching on so now what i do for clients all over the country is find them the right resource in the right city at the right price point point. and basically you know one of my clients calls me her corporate matchmaker so that's really what
1: i do i match resources to opportunities yeah, and I can, and and you do a very good job of that. What when, when Sherry has something that she thinks uh, might be a match for her, that, that a particular talent might be a match. Well, I'll get this email if if I happen to be part of that, and say, and I know it's going out to to many different people within my geographic area, and um, these are the needs. Is this something that you might be interested in? And so she gives you the opportunity to um, propose uh yeah. to to her clients and um, it's always uh, a bit of a, a time thing you know sort <laughs> of like okay, this client needs something now, yeah. and uh, so you've got to be prepared and and ready to to kind of match the uh if if you really truly believe you can match those needs to to respond to that and Shari is is a great in between um, d- 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 taking care of her client and also taking care of the people that that she works with. I I always feel that that you really care about both sides.
2: I really do. That's why I don't consider myself a speaker's bureau where I just represent one side or, you know, I don't consider myself an agent where I just represent one side. I really am the middleman. And my goal is to make sure that both sides are happy and both sides want to do it again. And there's four basic areas that I broker. One of them would be training and facilitation. Mm -hmm. Another would be executive coaching, leadership coaching you know anything related to coaching Uh, the third area would be keynote speaking and then the fourth area I tend to lump it together and call it HR consulting which could include any talent development consulting work whether it's culture change work, instructional design rewriting job descriptions anything in the world of talent development. I don't do anything related to benefits or comp because I've never lived in those worlds. Right, right. Anything on the talent development side and there's no charge to the client for my services. It's a free service. Uh, I don't add on a fee or do anything like that I basically make my money on the resource side so we use a fee share because I'm doing the selling the marketing the proposal writing the contract writing I usually pay my resources before the client pays me what I hope is that the, the resource can discount their fee because of that and that way the client's not paying extra by going through a
1: third party Excellent. So how do your clients find you? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I would say probably the biggest area is still word of mouth, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think like many people in our field, um, I've never spent money or time marketing or advertising, and you're probably in the same boat. You know? mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it would work even if someone did. Even if someone said, okay, I have this huge budget, I'm going to go market my services or advertise. I think in our world you want people you can trust, you want recommendations, you want that personal connection. Mm-hmm. So word of mouth really is the big way. And I think my favorite way is when clients tell other clients about me. So when one client tells another potential client about my services and they rush to pick up the phone, that's always a lot of fun. And that's been happening more and more lately, which is really a
1: good thing. Well, yeah, that speaks very highly of the, the services that you provide. It's not avoid that person, it's go find that person, go find that person now.
2: Yeah, so I think
1: part of it is years ago, whether it was in the coaching world or the training or speaking world,
2: there was such big teams inside corporate America. You know, Uh I worked in a team where there were 12 of us trainers, and we all did soft skills training, and there were lots and lots of companies like that. Now, you're lucky if there's one person in a company doing that. Oftentimes, there's nobody. There's maybe an HR business partner or just a general HR person who calls up and says, I don't know anything about training, and I have to find a trainer, or I don't know Uh anything about coaching, and I have to go find a coach. So I think part of why clients are telling other clients about it and why clients – find this so appealing is nobody has time or money you know if i'm a client person and someone asks me to go find a coach i could spend hours and hours and hours and by the end of the week i still have zero proposals in my hand Mm -hmm. this way they call they talk to me for maybe 10 minutes i do a quick needs assessment and then i go off and hopefully do my magic i have some clients that don't even call or talk to me we do everything through email
1: that's, that's really neat. That yes. also speaks to, to the way of the world right now, doesn't it? Definitely, definitely. Yes. So so you have speakers and coaches, I can imagine, um, well, and, and trainers. I, th- I could see that our audience might be interested in all that. You know, how do you find the people that you ch- trust to put in your network?
2: Yeah, I do spend a lot of time networking, breakfasts, coffees, lunches. Unfortunately, my belly can't always afford it, but I do <laughs> a lot of those. It's funny, I don't even drink coffee, but I go to at least three coffee meetings a week. Cause my kids <laughs> laugh at me when they I say I'm going to a coffee meeting. They're like, "But mom, you don't even you drink, don't drink coffee." coffee. <laughs> um, but I really like the one-on-one networking best. I find for me that works great. You know, if it's if it's a local resource, I like to sit down face to face, spend some time getting to know them. I prefer that personally to the big meetings where everyone's holding their glass of wine and their portfolio and shaking a million hands mm-hmm. and getting business cards. With the resources on a national basis, I tend to do things over the phone so I at least get a chance to meet them, at, if not through Skype or FaceTime at least over the phone so they get a feel for who they are. I also use sites like the ICF database. I love whenever I'm especially in a new city because I do this all over the country and most mm-hmm. of my clients want coaches we're local to them um, so i use the icf database to see who's in a new city i also occasionally use the national speakers association even if i'm looking for a coach sometimes coaches also are speakers so the nsa website and database is a great place to find talent
1: as well and of course i use word of mouth you know top well, that's how coaches. sherry and i met was through uh, another coach who that's said right. you two should probably meet one another and and i've been so grateful to her since then
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, I think about, you know, if there's a coach I love or a person I love and I've worked with before and hire and I enjoy partnering with them, they're always my first stop. You know, if they don't fit the need, then I oftentimes ask them to suggest others that they
1: know, trust, and respect. Excellent. And that obviously has been successful for you as you're approaching uh, 1,000 in, in your network. So yeah. you're, you're doing a fine job with that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's funny. Sometimes people say, how do you find the resources? I said, well, really, honestly, finding the clients is probably harder than finding the resources, as we
1: all know, right? Right. I'm sure people are thrilled to hear about you. (laughs) So you've spent all these years linking coaches with clients. Have you noticed any different trends or motivations for seeking a coach? And then as you've talked about the fact that you do that nationally, I guess I'll layer a question for you here and say, you know, in the different geographic areas, how does that impact the trends? Oh, good question.
2: Yeah. I think the win-win mentality is always going to be key. Whenever I'm hiring a coach, I want to make sure that they have that same win-win mentality. I want coaches who work, who would rather work than sit on the couch, you know, people who like doing what they do, uh, coaches who are trustworthy, flexible, expert in their area, and they enjoy helping others. And I think that will never change. You know, that's always going to be when you need a coach or any kind of resource, that's what you look for. Uh, but as far as what's changed over the years or what's different in different markets, I think coaching is definitely gaining in popularity. Every year I saw more and more coaching. Uh, years ago, I think keynote speaking was the way to hit a mass audience. It was almost like, Let, let's spray it to 200 people and hope it sticks. And yeah. That was the predominant. Then we almost went down the funnel to training where we said, okay, let's take a smaller group, a subset, maybe it's just 20 people, and let's put them in a class and see if it sticks. And now coaching for that one-on-one improvement really is becoming much more prevalent and i think different cities do and use it more efficiently effectively or often you know i would say the east coast is probably the place specifically the northeast where coaching is uh used most frequently the west coast probably second place i think the midwest seems to lag behind the two coasts Coast in terms yeah yeah in, in terms of hiring coaches and paying coaches, huh. um, you know I think that it 's not necessarily equal across the country, even when I have a client that that is the same company, just different cities throughout the country, I'm amazed at how the rates vary so much.
1: Interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, it really is. Another trend that I see and strongly encourage is bundling the services in an all-inclusive format. I think, you know, and I can speak specifically about the Dallas market. There's a lot of people in Dallas who want to give me their hourly rates, and this is what I charge per hour. And I really think the trend is moving towards, let's stop using an hourly rate and Mm -hmm. let's bundle everything into an all-inclusive format. You know, maybe it's a Six months program, uh, with a 360 whether it's live you know, single mm-hmm. interviews or a 360 online but I think it's going to be really moving towards you know, full access to the coach, lots and lots of sessions, here's the price here's what you get. Almost like when you go to an all-inclusive resort in Jamaica it says okay here's the price and here are all the wonderful things you get. Right. In my opinion that's something that's coming more and more and other cities maybe even more so than the market here in Texas may be more advanced on that route you know, in Texas I still struggle with so many coaches want to tell me their hourly rates and I think it's moving towards a smarter way to sell and price coaching where you bundle all the services
1: well and I couldn't agree more I think that we we leverage more of our talent when we're able to bundle it it um, creates more um more professionalism i think for, for coaching when you're when you're selling an entire bundle when you're saying this 6 month engagement is going to be x y and z and this is what it's going to include rather so it's not a situation of the of the client saying oh so you're x amount of dollars an hour it's really this is i will be available 24/7 and these are the kinds of things that that i'm offering and this is ultimately the price that that this engagement um creates this kind of value for you. It's a it's a value proposition.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And I would say another trend is that coaching is now being seen much more positively than it was. I think in this day and age, and it's not completely there, but it's moving towards being seen as a perk or a privilege as, a, as opposed to a punishment or a negative. Five years ago, that wasn't always the case. And I think every year, it's just getting to be more and more the norm. You know, that, oh, if you have a coach, it's not a secret anymore. For a long time, you know, I remember sending invoices to clients, and I couldn't even put the coach'es name on the invoice. We had to use initials, or we had to hide it, because in case somebody in accounts payable saw that invoice
1: and, and say, they knew "Ooh, that Bob Fred had a has coach. a coach." Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a
2: bad thing. And now I think it's you know something that everyone even wants. You know, sometimes that's something they negotiate in their annual meetings and
1: they or their salary discussions to say, "Can I get a coach?" which is a very good thing. It's a very good thing. I've got to tell you, um, I'm working with a company right now and um, we there, there's a, a set of us working with quite a few of the leadership team. But um, we just heard a story from from the CEO, that he uh, walked into the hallway and he heard people excitedly talking about their um, their disk debriefs. We had just gone through um, where everybody got debriefed on <laughs> their disk, and and he was walking down hallway, saying, "Well, you know, I do that because I'm a high eye and oh, you know, and and it was not being hidden or it was actually being embraced, and people were excited about it and and talking about you know the the, the different dimensions that they bring to the job and uh, how that can be worked together. So that was really heartwarming for me to hear that it's being so – so embraced and and they're so excited about it versus oh you know i've I've got to sit down with my coach so
2: oh yeah i think that makes all the difference does the coachy want to do this or is this a punishment or is this something they have to do you know if the coachy's not excited about it and not interested and isn't open to the idea of coaching you really and truly in many situations are wasting your time and effort
1: i couldn't agree more exactly So you talked a little bit about some of the the elements that you look for in the coaches that you work with that drive and motivation and willingness to kind of think out of the box and and get creative with, with what they offer. Anything else that you look for that indicate a successful coach to you? Oh, that's a good question.
2: I think in general, when I, when you when you think about the most successful coaches out there, the ones who have really been doing this a while and have figured out the formula for success, I think one of the things I see across the country is that the most successful coaches have found a way to balance their need to help the coachee with the need to run a successful business. Because a lot of times, you know, people just want to help, 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 and they end up giving away the store. Mm-hmm. Or they want to run the business so tightly that they don't for anything else on top of it, and I think in general, the coaches often, if they can find that fine line you know where they can do what they need to when they need to, and be comfortable and flexible and give what they need, then they really can succeed
1: yeah and that that just strikes me so often isn 't it about balance oh, i yeah. mean whether you, you gave a great example of finding that balance between um, business success and and client success and really realizing that without one the other isn't going to be successful period so so how do we find that balance and and how often it just comes down to balance in life period
2: Yeah, yeah. I think the coaches who have found a way to over-deliver without killing their profit margin or allowing their income to suffer, but make sure the coachee gets exactly what they need, that's the one who's really going to succeed. And, you know, of course, the most successful coaches are also empathetic. They're great listeners. They allow their coachee to lead. But I think they also have to realize that they are in business. You know, when I look at the other areas that I broker, trainers or HR consultants, I don't see as much giving away the store as I oftentimes do with coaching. You know, coaches just are such great people. They want to help. They want to go above and beyond. But I think especially the ones who work for their own businesses really have to balance that.
1: Oh, I couldn't agree agree more and um there is something I mean it's kind of nice and heartwarming to hear that that oh, we as as a as a, a community of coaches might want to give and give yeah. but um but the other side of that is what you give away and just give away um there's that line once again that balance between you you give to receive mm-hmm. but the other side of that is when when you just give do people value value what they don't have to invest in as well. Good point. So, um, you know, for years I was a, a therapist and found that Interestingly, those clients that I took on pro bono, um, because I really believed that they, they needed or they might have been in a, in a place of crisis or ended up ultimately not across the board because I never want to be all inclusive in everything, but, uh, many times those that were given completely free services were more likely to no-show or um, come late or or not come as invested in the service, Um, there is something to be said, once again, about that balance between um, being willing to to give when when it's needed but to a place of, of what also is the other person's investment in that.
2: Very good point, point. Yeah, and I'm, I'm constantly surprised, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people who wear lots of different hats, but I think with coaching, you really do need to be able to wear that hat and to remember that coaching is not the same thing as mentoring or consulting, and I think a lot of people who say, well, maybe I'd like to be a coach, they don't realize that you can't just go in and tell people what to do. So yeah. I think it's a really unique skill set, too, and I think that comes into play in the balance as well.
1: What else, if anything, would you like people to know about you, what you do, or your experiences over the past years?
2: Oh gosh (laughs) I wasn't ready for that one No no I'm just kidding Uh, Let's see I love to help people I love to work with people Um, I'm always happy When people reach out Specifically on the coaching side You know one of the things I've had so many coaches say That I've helped them to do Is to package their materials Or to raise their rates Or to see the value They're offering And I love to do that You know I don't charge To do that I'm happy to go have A cup of coffee with a coach Or sit down with someone Review their proposal Um, I think being being able to clearly articulate what you do on paper is a very, very important thing. You know, I talk to when I send out my RFPs that you mentioned, you know, where a client says, Okay, here's what we need, here's what we want to look at. I do have some coaches who say, Well, I've been doing this so long, I don't do proposals or I don't like to write proposals or I'm Mm -hmm. you know, way past that. And I don't know that you'd ever want to say anyone is way past it or that it's not a good thing. I think it helps both sides. It helps the organization understand what the coach does Mm -hmm. and what the coach offers, but it also helps the coach to be able to articulate exactly what they do. And so many times people have said, just going through the RFP process with me, whether they were the ones selected for the gig or not, Mm -hmm. really helped them become better at understanding what they do and how they package it and how they sell it. So I think it's a good experiment for people to go through, whether it's with me or on their own, just to figure out and put it to paper, okay, what am I offering and what are the benefits we're going to get here? Uh, so, I always encourage people to think about doing
1: that exercise exactly. I think that when I work with new coaches through through my mentoring program, one of the key messages is clarity you know and and what you're talking about is going going through that exercise, getting really clear about what you offer, how you're going to help the client get where they need to get um what uh, one of my favorite sayings is, you know, confused minds don't buy. So, um in until you really create clarity for the person who's reaching out for help, um it's unlikely that they're going to match with you. Mhm. I think you're right. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for cuz you have you're just a wealth of information and um and a delightful person regardless. So, so I would um, ask if people want to learn more about your services and kind of who you are, whether it be training or uh, coaching or, or speaking, how, how would they reach you?
2: Oh, goodness. Well, the easiest way is probably to call or drop me an email. I'm very responsive and love hearing from people. Uh, my office phone number, I'll give that to you if you'd like, is 972 so 972-517-0044. My website is Optimal Training Solutions and my personal email address that way you can always find me is and it's just a Verizon personal account. I don't work for Verizon. If I did it, be com. This is just a verizon.net account. It's Sherry S H A R I dot Barth, B as and Boy, A-R-T-H at Verizon.net.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you again for taking your time and your energy to share your expertise. Help us get a, a look into what Optimal Training Solutions provides and what you yourself um, are able to to bring with your years of experience and expertise.
0: Each and every week, I am so grateful, and my heart just warms at the amount of information that our guests are willing to share to help us grow and learn, and they generously share their expertise, and that was certainly the case with Sherry Barth today. If you'd like to know more about Sherry or Optimal Training Solutions or the show, visit StarCoachShow.com. Check out our resources, check out all of our shows, and be sure to enroll for the free book giveaway. We've had our first giveaway, we're on our second now, you just enter in the contact page, your name, your email, and giveaway in the comment section and you'll be in the ongoing book giveaway. Also, let me know what's helpful to you. What do you find to be most valuable? When you share your feedback with me about certain guests, I share that information with them, and they're loving to hear that as well. So once again, thanks for joining. Take this information and run with it. And until next week, this is your host, Meg Rentschler, wishing you the very best for your coaching success.